Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Today's warehouse needs to keep inventory moving smoothly and quickly. Meet these challenges with on-demand warehouse labeling from Brother Mobile Solutions. Our mobile and industrial printers will help optimize your operations to achieve the speed, reliability, and durability your warehouse needs. With easy integration for existing warehouse technology, convenient portability, and upfront affordability, Brother Mobile Solutions is at your side when it comes to warehouse labeling. Try one for free today by visiting brothermobilesolutions.com slash newwarehouse or click the link in the show notes. That's brothermobilesolutions.com slash new warehouse to try one for free today. The New Warehouse Podcast hosted by Kevin Lawton is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I am going to be joined by Guy Corta, and he is the VP of Industry and Advanced Technology at Texas. He's also all over the place on, on LinkedIn and Promat, Modex, doing automation tours and all kinds of great stuff. So we've been trying to connect for a little bit to make this happen. We're finally doing it here. So I'm excited to have Guy on the show today and, and talk to us a little bit about Texas, but also talk to us a little bit about warehouse automation in general and, and kind of his perspective from that side and and what he's seeing being so involved in everything as well. So, Guy, welcome to the the show. How are you? Doing great, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me here. And, and like you said, you know, we've been waiting to do this. So I'm really excited about finally getting on the podcast. I'm really <laughs> definitely, definitely, it's great to get you on, and definitely great to to get your knowledge and, and perspective from from the industry on here as well. But you work for for Texas, so tell us a little bit about Texas and, and what it is that you guys do. Absolutely. So, you know, interestingly enough, this is our 40th anniversary at Texas. Oh, happy Texas anniversary. Are, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Texas is a, a supply chain software provider. Mm. We started out as an ERP provider, but then we've migrated. And I think what's relevant to this conversation is we have two warehouse management or two WMS solutions, one called Elite, one called Omni. You know, one was our legacy Elite solution, which is really a heavyweight WMS. And then we acquired a company out of Copenhagen a few years ago, and with it came the Omni WMS, which is much more geared towards e-commerce, you know, retail type focus for WMS. So really excited, but of course we have other solutions within the portfolio, order management, transportation management. But I think what's more important is the industries we focus on. So we really focus on three mm-hmm. big industries: healthcare, okay. B2B B2B distribution, and then retail. And then when then retail, you know, think of it as footwear and apparel, soft goods. I always tell people the easy way to think about what we do in retail is we don't do grocery. 
but we do a lot of everything else. <laughs> okay. Because right? everybody always asks, well, do you do grocery? No, we don't do grocery. Yeah. But really exciting, you know, from that perspective, you know, I think we we really tackle some of the hard supply chain problems that are out there, especially around the warehouse and distribution and fulfillment. And as I'm sure you know, and you see this a lot, right? It's not getting any easier. Yeah. You know, fulfillment is getting more and more challenging for multiple reasons. And that's uh, that keeps me up at night, but it also mm-hmm. is is what keeps me going every day because I think it's a lot of opportunities for folks like us to to help our customers help their customers. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's really interesting because, like you said, I mean, it is getting more more challenging and and more complex in a sense. And we're bringing in tons of different solutions. I mean, I mean, you were at you were at Promad, and you know, we just look around at the amount of technology that's come into the space i mean it's it's pretty astounding and it's it can be certainly overwhelming i think too for for a lot of companies that are trying to figure out how do they tackle some of these complex challenges and and get through that and it, it's interesting to see i think what what stands out to me the most about texas is is that you guys seem to be so involved in everything that's that's happening in the space i mentioned the it's kind of the automation tours in there and stuff so i i mean tell us i guess why is that kind of so important for texas to to be not just focused on their their own product but then also have these great relationships and, and bring kind of a light to these other companies and and Tell us a little bit about the, I guess, the automation tour in there as well and, and how that kind of all kind of coincides with what you guys are doing. Yeah, you know, I think it, it comes back down and sounds cliche, Kevin, but it's really mm-hmm. about the customer. When I mean yeah. the customer, is not just our customer at Texas, but our customer's customer. And what we've seen really in the past few years and, and since I've been at Texas is our customers are coming to us saying, well, wait a minute, you know, we... We have a warehouse. We have five warehouses. Mm-hmm. We have X amount of warehouses. We're fulfilling, whether we're replenishing a hospital network or we're selling, you know, sneakers and shoes to customers or moving cabinetry to, to Home Depot. But what we're finding, or what our customers are finding, is that they need to look at a lot of different solutions, if you will, mm-hmm. and technologies and different use cases, and workflows for fulfillment for getting their product to the their customers' hands. And what that's done is it's it's given us an opportunity to really help broaden their understanding of what the solutions that are out there that they can then leverage to satisfy their customers' needs, right? Because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, that's that's the key. If, if they can't satisfy their customer needs, then they're not going to keep doing business. So part of that, and you know, coincides, of course, with the explosion of of what I would consider modern automation within the warehouse. Right. We've had conveyors and, and carousels and VLMs for, for years, decades now, right? And yeah. they still serve a very valuable purpose. But what I think has been very interesting in the past few years is sort of the explosion of you know AMR, AGV technology, ASRS, mm-hmm. right? All these what I consider modern material handling solutions within the warehouse. And we're seeing that not only has this explosion from the OEM side happened, but now the interest from the, our customer sides has exploded. Mm. And you couple this with, you know, I think we all know this, labor issues. Yeah. So you all of a sudden have this, you know, semi-perfect storm of drivers and our customers are asking and they're looking right there. The value of this, I think too, Kevin, I think what's interesting is that these these customers are, are looking to folks like us, right? Solution vendors are looking obviously to folks like you as pundits and looking to the traditional folks and gartners in the world and others. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, 
you know, no one has sort of a monopoly on information and on good ideas. So we're going to look across the board of our network and we're happy to step into that breach and to help them. And and by no means do we think that we have all the answers because we certainly don't, but we have, you know, history, we have experience, we have knowledge ourselves, and we certainly want to share that with our customers. So that's what spurred some of these efforts we've made. You mentioned the automation tour, which I think mm-hmm. was something that we started last year in Atlanta at Modex, and we continue this year at ProMat in Chicago. And it was it was highly successful, and we will continue to do so. And what we discovered, or what we thought about, Kevin was like, "Hey, you know, we have a lot of customers asking us about modern automation." Yeah. And when they ask us, and no fault of theirs, a lot of times I get questions like, "Oh, I'm looking for automation. Well, what are you looking mm-hmm. for?" And they give me a list, yeah. and I literally look at the list, Kevin. And I say. I know what you did. You went to Google, you typed in <laughs> warehouse automation, and the yeah. first 12 hits you got, you said, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at these guys. And you're looking at like a right-hand robotics for picking. You're looking at a Locust robotic AMR. You're looking at an auto store ASRS, mm-hmm. right? You're all over the place, which is understandable. Yeah. So we thought, hey, let's help our customers out by giving them at least a, a sliver, if you will, mm. of what options are out there. And then leveraging our network, right, our partner network, the folks that we work with, to give our customers some insight into, okay, well, what is the difference between an ASRS and an AMR, right? right? A GTP versus something else with a picking robot, a picking arm robot. Mm -hmm. And it gives them, and these automation tours have given them a chance to let us sort of guide them in this safari world of automation Mm. and give them, you know, we hope at least some guidance as to what we see that's out there. And I've always encouraged folks that have been on the tour, like, Hey, go back and talk to these folks Spend as much time as you want. Yeah. Ask questions, go talk to other vendors that we haven't brought you in front, but at least you have an understanding, a very high level understanding of the different flavors of modern automation and at least now we can start, you know, whittling down what you're looking for a little bit more from the 10,000 foot level, mm-hmm. now maybe the 5,000 foot level. And there's still a lot yeah. of work to do. But for us, that was really the opportunity and, and to be, you know, we use a cliche, that trusted advisor to help mm-hmm. our customers at least get a, a slight insight into what's out there and what's available. Yeah, I think that's such a, a great thing. And I, I love your point about, you know, they come to you <laughs> with a, a list and it looks like basically they just, Google warehouse automation or something, right? I mean, I think that's such a, a great thing to point out because we look, I mean, even if you look on, online and, you know, LinkedIn or on the trade at the trade shows themselves, I mean, there's companies certainly that have like a huge presence and they, you know, they spent tons of money on, on marketing and, and making sure they have that presence. But just because they're the, the biggest one, right, that you see all the time or, or they show up on, like you said, the top of the Google search results doesn't necessarily mean that's the that's the fit for you, right, or, or that's the one that you should be going after. So it's, it's great that you're able to help to kind of boil that down a bit and, and have people get that get that understanding of where they need to be. And I think even in that sense too, like getting the idea of where, where should they even be looking at initially? Like what, what part of the warehouse or, or what type of thing should it be an AMR? Should it be an ADV? Should they go right for an ASRS? Something like that. I mean, it, it's, you know, you, you need to have that understanding of not only what the differences are and what you can do with the differences, but also the, I think the, the undertaking on that side too, as well. I mean, a company I, I worked for a couple of years ago, I mean, we had, we had like no automation in place yet i mean we had maybe 
maybe 30 feet of conveyor and that that was mm-hmm. it right it was from the yeah. shipping to the ups truck and that was it and you know this was before like there was even any real discussion on automated unloading of containers and my boss was like i want to figure out how can we automate the unloading of the containers and i'm like we're like way far away from that. Right, like, right. and he's like, no, that's, that's what I want to focus on. And I'm like, I don't, like, I don't even think stretch from Boston dynamics was like commercialized yet. So I'm like, no, yeah. yeah, I'm like, like, I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, like, yeah. um, so I, I think it's great to like have that understanding and, and be able to have a resource like you and, and other people out there to just kind of boil it down and, and really understand like, okay, like wh- where am I looking what am I looking at and, and what's, what's really realistic for where I am right now at this point in my, you know, my operational and improvement journey and, and trying to understand like, okay, what can I, what can I take on? So I, I, I'm curious from that sense. I mean, I imagine people coming on the automation tour probably vary the, the levels of understanding of automation. So I, I'm curious, what, what did you hear recently from, from those ProMat tours? I mean, what, what are people really interested in? What are they confused about? What are they unsure about? I mean, what are they excited about? Tell, tell us about kind of some of the feedback there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'll, I'll maybe roll into it, you know, Modex from last year as well. Sort of sure, go, yeah. Sort of over a span of a, of, of a year. You know, the biggest feedback I get from this is is the unknown. I mean, what I mean by that is, mm. you know, to your point, they've a lot of the folks that we had on the automation tour, and you're right, they're, different levels of maturity, but I would say for the most part, they know robots or they've heard of it. They kind of have mm-hmm. a sense of, of what it looks like and what the use cases are within the warehouse. But the unknown, what I mean by that is, you know, they don't realize, and, you know, I'm still learning this every day, that there's so many different automation solutions for specific use cases within your warehouse. Having said that, well, I think one thing that's been interesting too is there's sort of a, I don't want to say disappointment because it's not disappointment, but this sort of a, a learning, it's kind of this aha moment where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, we're not going full into fully automated lights out warehouses, right? Where there's uh, no FT yeah. in there. You've got, you know, robots moving stuff back and forth. You've got robotic arms picking stuff and putting it away. You mentioned stretch, right? You've got these robots offloading my trucks coming in and, and mm-hmm. building a pallet. And all. No, we're not. Yes, we can do each piece of it, but there's no one doing all of it. Right? Or there's no warehouse trying to do all of it. So that's been one of the things that's been eye-opening for me in these tours is I think people people at times have kind of come in with this conception that we're going from zero to 100. Right, We're going from right. you know, your example you gave. We're going from you know having a couple of conveyors maybe to now, hey, fully lights out automation. Yeah. I have an FTE issue and great. I'm going to automate everything and I don't need anybody in my warehouse. And it's like, yeah, let's pump the brakes. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might never happen. Yeah. Right? I, I I feel as if that's 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 sort of this this sort of you know this 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 discussion that some folks have that's this dream air quotes here, but I think the reality is is far short of that. Mm. So what's been really interesting about the automation tours over the past two years over the past year has been has been really this a this eye opening of okay fully automated lights out warehouses not going to happen anytime soon. Mm. But then the other eye opening thing is oh wait a minute. I can start by just putting automation over here in the warehouse and getting a taste, right? Right. I can, you know, I use this example all the time. Everybody's got a dunnage issue. I'm going to move dunnage. And I've talked to some customers, one of which in particular, I remember he was telling me, 
they have 1.5 FTE. That's all they do is move dunnage. And oh, wow. the guy told me, he's like, when we get cuts, who gets cut first? That FTE. Yeah. But I still have to move the dunnage because I can't really pile <laughs> up at the end of my aisles. Yeah. So all of a sudden, there's like, hey, there's a solution out there, right? There's there's automation vendors. Like one of our partners, Fetch, right, can do this, mm-hmm. where they just have a robot. All it does is it moves dunnage. Mm-hmm. And it just picks up the dunnage and moves it to the wherever you need it. You drop it off in the recycle bin, and it comes back. And all of a sudden, you you see this. You show these use cases to someone on the automation tour. And all of a sudden, you can see their, their eyes kind of light up, or they're like, oh, okay, so I can actually start putting in robots in my warehouse. Mm-hmm. I can start taking on functionality that might not necessarily be the core function of my warehouse. I'm not going to go right into picking or put away or even cycle counting using a robot, but I can do a simple thing like removing dunnage. And now all of a sudden I can start getting my warehouse, my warehouse employees and my systems used to having a robotic system in there. Mm. And then you can see in their, in their, their minds, they start realizing, Oh, okay, now I can do this. And then in, six months, nine months, I can then start looking at put away or, or some other yeah. function in the warehouse and bring automation in. And I feel as if that's, to me, really encouraging because what it's, what it's demonstrating is that, A, there's a whole host of automation solutions for a whole host of use cases. Mm-hmm. So let's not just think about one or two. B, there's a way to, you know, that's not a big bang, right? I'm not going to mm-hmm. just change everything overnight. I'm going to ease my warehouse into the the notion of having automation. And I think, see, the great part is then you can see, you know, the opportunity to start piecing together the use cases, prioritizing them, and you'll probably find an automation solution that can fit all those use cases. And then it's the opportunity to figure out, all right, well, what's my roadmap, Mm -hmm. right? Do I want to automate XYZ in my warehouse? Yes or no? Okay, here's why I want to do it. Where the oh, and by the way, here's six vendors that can help you do that. So now you have your choice, right? Which I think is exciting too, because you know the last I've seen is there's over 600 automation OEMs out there, mm-hmm. and now we know we, you know some are, are are can do multiple things, but there's no consolidation in the market yet, right? We're still in the wild west. It's still yeah. a lot of you know small to medium size automation providers out there, which for a warehouse, I think, yes, there's some risk because they might go out of business, but there's mm-hmm. opportunity where you're like, hey, you can go out there and pick. You have, you know, right. you're not stuck with, I'm going to go back to my old days, right? If you're buying an ERP solution, you're kind of stuck with two or three big ERP players and yeah. you have maybe a couple small ones, but you don't have much choice. Here you have a, a plethora of choice. And I think that's the opportunity. And I, I you know, from the tours, I think that's some of the, th- the things I've taken away I think the other part that I've taken away from the tours, which has been interesting too, is that people are very interested in automation, no surprise. Mm-hmm. But again, it shouldn't be a surprise. They're starting to be a little bit more hesitant with regards to pulling the trigger. Now, part of it is the paradox of choice. There's so much choice out there. They don't yeah. know the technology is changing so quickly. I think it's also, and one of the things that I've talked to a lot of folks on the automation tours and others when we talk about automation is, you know, it's the whole notion of, of optimizing one part of your system, but not optimizing the whole. Mm. So if I optimize part X in your warehouse, yeah. great. I'll also, let's take picking, for example. Oh, I yeah. optimize your picking module. You're picking now. You've jumped up. You know Your UPHs are through the roof. You're doing great. But all of a sudden, a takeaway, I don't have enough labor to, to bundle all that stuff up and put it yeah. in my FedEx. So now I have, a, yeah. I have a bottleneck. Yeah. I talked to one customer who put in an optimized picking, and all of a sudden, they realized, I don't have enough totes. So at Induct, I'm running out of totes too quickly. Yeah. 
And then at takeaway, I have too many totes piling up. So now what do I do? Right. So I think we're starting to see that too. And, and I think people are starting to, which is good. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to think about it more holistically, mm-hmm. which I've noticed in my conversations during these tours. They still recognize that they should and need to think and have an automation strategy, which I think is also good. I think we're at a, at a, at a tipping point here where it's, you know, when do we pull the trigger? When do people pull the, pull the trigger? What is the cadence, if you will, of looking at automation and putting automation in? Right. And I think that's, that's the part that's going to be a challenge for all of, all of folks who are trying to invest in automation, mm-hmm. the automation vendors themselves. Because we are, I believe, at a tipping point where, you know, we 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 know the interest is there. Yeah. We just don't know what pace at which people are going to start adopting that automation. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Step, step, step. Do you know how many steps your warehouse workers are taking a day? When your workers are walking, you're losing money. Endless trips to the printer or computer add up fast. Newcastle's mobile industrial carts with integrated power eliminate the walking to stationary printers and computers, keeping workers focused on high value tasks. Often, doubling their output thousands of powered cart installations including ones at the new warehouse's own micro fulfillment center and in my previous jobs prove that newcastle customers get more done and save money to learn more head to newcastlesys.com that's newcastlesys.com yeah, I think that's a really great point there at the end. I mean, it, it it's interesting because, like you said, and, and we kind of mentioned a couple times already. I mean, there's so much choice out there, right? It's kind of for somebody that is like just trying to figure out how to get into automation. It's it can be a little little overwhelming because there's just so much to, to pick from. And like you said, like what's you know what's going to be right? Like what what technology is still going to be here? You know, three, four, five years from now, and how is it going to improve or improve with me? But I, I love your approach there about you know taking kind of a smaller, repetitive task that is something that needs to happen, but oftentimes the resources kind of get pulled away from there. Try and automate that and start to to test that within your your operation and your and your systems, as you mentioned. I mean, I think that's such a a great way to go about it because I, I think oftentimes too in, in talking to people, I think the the thinking, I mean, even in my example, right, is like how do we take this this big task that you know, is, is this huge thing about our operation and how do we just automate that, right? And, and instead right. of like thinking about, you know, what's the what's the low-hanging fruit here? Easy to automate, you know, repetitive. We do this all the time, right? And there's not much variability to it. And, you know, we can we can start to get something there and then see how do we expand upon that. So I think that's a, 
a great approach that you, you mentioned there. I'm curious in that, that sense too as well. I mean, how do you, for, for an operation, I mean, themselves, I think, you know, a lot of the conversation we're having here is about like, you know, where do I start or how do I start? I mean, how, how do you kind of guide a, a company or your, your customers to, to help them to start to understand like what do they need to do or, or put in place to, to start that automation journey? I mean, from a system standpoint, operation process standpoint, I mean, what, what advice would you give there? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because I think there's, I don't think it's formulaic too much, Kevin, right? But mm-hmm. I do think there's a lot of things in a formula you need to think about. And you mentioned a bunch of them, right? Your yeah. start with your systems. You know, you have to look at your systems. What's your WMS? Do you have a WCS layer, you know, et cetera? I think the the one that sort of when I talk to customers and prospects, you know, the the first thing I always say is, well, let's let's break down the use cases, right? right. What, what are the use cases that that you're trying to address with anywhere else? For example, I was actually just out at a prospect last week in California. Beautiful warehouse, green fields. Uh, you know, they're basically a three PL. And the conversation we had around automation is, well, you know, let's look at the warehouse. Where are where are some you know like you said, low-hanging fruit. Where are yeah. some of the pain points that you are currently dealing with? And can automation be a solution to that? Because it's not always going to be a solution. And then what I talked to them about and, and what we we started talking about sort of future workshopping is, you know, let's whiteboard it, prioritize it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's list what are your, you know, here are all your workflows, your use cases in your warehouse. Let's prioritize, you know, let's let's do a basic analysis of saying, well, here's here's my, you know, here's my bottleneck today. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Oh, I don't have enough FTE or, you know, a traditional issue I've seen in warehouses. I've got labor pulling a massive cart back and forth between racks. Right. Right. First hour, that's them. That's okay. Second hour gets a little tougher. But then the shift, man, that yeah. cart's heavy, right? My Yourself. back hurts. My legs hurt. It's not really fun. Okay, great. Can we identify that use case? Is there a solution for it? So I think that's the, the the big one for me is that, right? It's understanding the use cases within the warehouse, which ones are a priority. And then the third part, I think that I talk to customers and prospects about all the time is change management. And that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the robot, has nothing to do with the software, with the systems, but it, it has to do everything about your people, right? Your, your, your employees. And, right. and what I mean by that is at the end of the day, while yes, we... You know, we we a lot of com- not complaints, but issues about getting enough labor, maintaining mm-hmm. the labor, and all this. And we kind of, at times, I feel like we look too much at labor as oh, it's a number, right? It's eighteen bucks an hour labor. Yeah. It's it's how many shifts I get. But what I want people to think about is you're going to introduce a new technology into your warehouse. Mm. You're going to introduce a technology that's unlike software. Yeah, it's very visible. Oh right? yeah, it is very visible. That robot regardless of it's an ASRS or a goods to purse or whatever robot, it's a locust bot or a six river bot or, you know, whomever, it's a physical object doing yeah. some kind of work you can't miss it. in your warehouse. <laughs> you can't miss it, yeah. right? What does that mean for your, for your change management? What does that mean for your labor? What does mm-hmm. that mean for the way your labor interacts amongst themselves with the robots? Change is going to happen. Now, some could say change is good. Some could say change is bad. I think yeah. at some point it's somewhere in the middle. But I'll give you an example. You know, I, I when I worked at Six River, you know, we would try to sell a lot, to, a lot of automation in Europe. We'd go to some places like northern Spain, mm-hmm. low cost of labor and everything. 
and other places in Europe, a lot of unions, and they're like, we're not taking these robots, right? The change management, like, the, it, you're asking too much change here. Mm. We're not touching them, right? And I think that's something that we sometimes overlook when we come when it comes to this automation journey is what is that going to do for your environment? What's that right. going to do? You know, and sometimes I would argue it's it's very positive. Like one of the things I I learned too is you know as the older generation ages out of working in the warehouse and you get the newer generation, the millennials and all that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that change management is good because now they're coming in, they're working with cool air quotes technology, yeah. physical technology. Mm-hmm. They're working with robots, right? It sounds a lot better, or more fun to work with a robot than with a push cart. Mm-hmm. So that change management actually is a positive. But I, I always stress, again, with the folks we talk to, is that you really have to think about this from that perspective. Yeah. Because you, again, are introducing a physical object mm-hmm. and a new workflow into your environment. And what are the potential disruptions? And I don't mean to say you, you don't do it because of it, but you need yeah, to be yeah. aware of it. Right. And I think the other parts, you know, and I want to say they, they come easier, but, mm-hmm. you know, the systems, I think it's, it's fairly straightforward. We understand like you need a modern, for the most part, a more modern software layer, right? Because you, you're having modern robots in there with modern software that you want to communicate. Yeah. You want to get the most out of your investment. You want to focus on those use cases, right? You want to understand, identify which ones we're going to tackle first and which is going to be on the roadmap and which maybe we'll never touch. Mm-hmm. You want to think about things, you know, you kind of touched upon it, but I think Greenfield, Brownfield, because obviously to yeah. me, that dictates a lot of what you could invest in. I mean, you know, if I've been in some environments where, you know, very Brownfield warehousing and, and mm-hmm. it's like, well, we're going to eliminate this whole chunk of automation because just the, the physical change you'd have to do in that warehouse to get that automation yeah. in doesn't make sense. But the big one for me, again, you know, for me, Ken, when I talk to prospects, customers, whoever, is, is think about the change management, right? Identify that. And maybe you can't, but be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, a huge thing. And I'm happy you, you pointed that out because I, I think oftentimes the conversation revolves around more around the other points we, we talked about, like the, the physical aspect, the software, all these things. But I mean, that change management is, is huge as well. And I think you had a lot of, a lot of great points there. I mean, one is a, a positive in a sense, right? Getting a, a younger generation more interested in something, like you said, a little cooler, right? Something more right. interesting to work with. But then there is that, that older generation that's, you know, been a forklift operator for the past 20 years, right? And and now you're going to bring in a, an automated forklift or pallet mover of some sort, like, you know, what, what does that mean for me, right? And yeah. and I, I've, I mean, I have a perfect example of that. We Previous operation I was in, we were testing a mirror robot to to pull a, a cart around and and the first day we had it in for demo uh this guy he's been working for the company for a long time he pulled up and he said what are you bringing that thing in to to take my job and I, you know it was kind of like oh okay like how do i explain this to him right so but it, i mean it is like preparing for that because i think there's i think you know we're so kind of deep and, and intimately involved in the industry that like we understand that like hey the like the robots automation are coming in to 
to help us do a lot of these stuff that's you know the dull dirty dangerous right repetitive yep. kind yep. of stuff that people don't really necessarily want to do but people that are not so familiar with the automation right or, or haven't been in operations where it's being utilized and you know are doing those those daily on the floor tasks i mean uh they might not be as familiar or have that concept they're probably still thinking in the sense of like you know, robots are coming to take our jobs, right? And and I, I think, you know, addressing that and, and explaining, you know, like you, you said, having that change management, like, you know, what does this what does this mean for me? What are the positives for me, right? As a as an employee on the floor, you know, how is this gonna improve my job? I think, you know, you address start to address those things up front, then it, it helps to to ease that in. And I, and I've certainly heard a lot of great cases as well where you know employees have embraced the the robots and you know become friendly with them in a a sense as well naming them and things like that so i mean there's certainly you know that can be done and i think it's great that you you pointed that out and and bring that up as a a real important point to do as you start to look at this and and start to kind of consider that even though we're talking about robots and automation, we still need to consider that the human factor as well in there, right? So, so it's a really great point. I'm, I'm happy you, you brought that up there. So, I, I mean, it's definitely very interesting to, to hear from you and, and certainly get all this information about automation and, and what's happening in the space. I mean, it's great what you guys are doing and trying to, to bring this information to everybody. Uh, and you know give these tours i think that's such a such a great idea when i saw you first started like posting about that i was like oh man that's such a good idea like it's uh, it makes so much sense and so uh, i'm curious you know from from your perspective and you know everything that you're kind of seeing and, and have been getting from the shows you attend and people you talk to i mean i mean where do you think you know within the the next year two years i mean where are we really kind of heading with warehouse automation Oh yeah, I, I think big um, question. Big question, yeah. <laughs> uh, don't 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 hold me to it. You know, two years from now we do this again. Don't let's not go. Well, maybe we should go back if I have the right answers, Kevin. If not, let's we can get it. But, uh, you know, I, the big one I I always tell people too, and I, you know, I think we touched upon it is uh, automation's here, right? It's not mm-hmm. the future; it's the today. Having yeah. said that, right, it, it's not. Let's all just jump in into the deep end. So I think over the next couple of years, what we're going to see is is a continued adoption, of course, of of different types of automation. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure yet if we're going to see consolidation in the market. I think we're going to start seeing a little bit of it creep in, but I think it's still it, it, there's still too much of a of an expanding pie, so to speak, where we're going to see mm. you know the big players sort of gobble up the little players and, and become you know uh, you know big big sort of monolithic players in different sectors. I do think what we're going to start seeing though. And I, I started seeing this a little bit in Chicago, and I, I think it's an interesting thought, is more and more thinking around interoperability of, of automation. Mm. So, you know, we talked about the different islands of automation, and I think that's still going to be the case. So I'm going to have a robot that does picking and a box maker over here, and then, you know, maybe I'm going to have a stretch over there offloading my truck, and then I'm yeah. going to have, a, you know, a Vecna moving, you know, my, my stuff around with an automated, you know, four truck. Mm-hmm. What we're going to start seeing more of is customers asking for, all right, this is great. Have it all play together, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I'm going to make this investment, if I'm going to start putting automation into my warehouse and I'm going to start focusing on specific use cases, I'm going to have to start understanding the interoperability between the different automation, mm-hmm. right? I, I kind of, you know, I'm a software guy. So I go back to the old yeah. days of, of supply chain when I started in ERP where, 
you know, you look at it, and that was sort of the SAP Oracle play. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I've got all the solutions you have for supply chain because it's all interoperable on my platform, and maybe yeah. all the individual solutions aren't great, but together they're they're good. So I think we're going to start seeing that questioning, and I don't I don't know, I don't think, but I don't know if it's going to create an opportunity for some of the bigger players to yes go out and to acquire more pieces of the automation puzzle so that they can be a one stop shop. Mm, interesting or is it going to be more on the shoulders of, of software solution providers like us and others to say, mm-hmm. no, we'll provide the platform and you can plug in yeah. different automation and, and we'll be sort of the platform to allow everything to work together. I think that's what I'm going to keep an eye on for the next couple of years because I think mm-hmm. it's, it is going to unlock a lot of opportunity for whoever can sort of solve that equation. Because if you think about it, and I think this is the way I look at it, you know, just take one warehouse, right? Yeah. I've got basic functionality of receiving, put away, picking, you know, cycle counting and all this, but I've got automation players that can do each part of it. Mm. Do I want, I need someone that can come in there and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Warehouse Operator, you know, I'll be the one pane of glass to run all this. Yeah. Now, the challenge of this, of course, is that each one of the solution providers, each one of the automation providers is going to say, well, why am I giving up control of my little piece to someone else? Because that's mm. where I make my money. So I think that's where we're going to see a challenge and an opportunity for someone to step, or I don't want to say someone, but for companies to address yeah. that, because I do think it makes sense, right? If if you're if you're a warehouse operator, mm-hmm. and yeah, great, I want to be able to have better picking, but I also need to have my conveyor that does put away, you know, work better or whatever that may be. So I think if I look, you know, my crystal ball for the next year or two or beyond. Mm-hmm. The big challenge for this industry is going to be the interoperability of all this automation tied back into you know the software that folks like us provide. Yeah. I would even see, and maybe this is you know too much pie in the sky, but can we start having interoperability also outside the warehouse? What I mean by that is, mm. especially if we look at you know some of the areas with regards to last mile fulfillment, yeah. things of that nature, as we're getting more automation in there. You know, I was just looking. I don't know. If you know the company called Zipline who does drones, drone delivery. Okay, right, really fascinating company. But you look at what they're doing now here in the U.S. in terms of delivering pharmaceuticals. I could see an opportunity where someone's going to tie in. All right, I have my warehouse. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my picking, right, using robots that then go to the takeaway, that then go brought to a Zipline drone delivery, and that goes off. Well, I need to be able to coordinate all that. Yeah. Right? Can I maximize that efficiency? So I think that because one of the things I've seen too is like, hey, I, I bring robots in the warehouse. I do a tremendous job of picking, and and all of a sudden it sits on the dock because mm. I haven't coordinated with yeah. UPS or FedEx or whomever else who's going to come pick it up. So everything I've gained in the picking in the speed, I've just lost because I can't get it, it out sits. on the road fast yeah. enough. Yeah. So. And as we see more automation and drones and driverless vehicles and all this, I think on that side of the equation, is there an opportunity to have, you know, interoperability amongst that, right? Let's break mm. out of just the warehouse and can we do it, expand it almost to the end customer. Now that might be more down the road, more mm. pie in the sky, but I do think, you know, there's got to be some smart folks out there who are looking at this and trying to think about how can we, how can we create this network, this system of interoperability to allow us to truly maximize yeah. where we bring automation in into the fulfillment side of the house so that 
we might gain efficiencies in one area, but we lose it because we're not optimizing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I I know the idea of optimizing everywhere is sort of also you know a dream, but <laughs> can we start moving towards more of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I, and I know that interoperability has been kind of a conversation in the past couple of years. And I know you mentioned Vecta in there. I know Daniel from there has been a big proponent of, of having interoperability, especially through mass robotics and, and things like that and trying to make that happen. And I think it was interesting to, to see at Promat recently. I mean, we did see like where, you know, some booths had more than one solution provider showing like, oh, like this is how we can work with another company as well. So I think it's certainly something that it seems like the market is is pushing towards i would say but i think like you said i mean there is always that kind of underlying business question as well right you know like well eh, you know do i want to work with other people or do i want to just develop my own solution for that part of the warehouse and and try and just cover everything right yeah uh which you know kind of going back to your erp days as well right as you mentioned i mean you have that kind of like oh i could go complete suite but maybe one component is not the best for this thing right or do i want to go like best of breed right so i I think it would be interesting to to see as well and i think you know we look at things like svt i know you guys do a lot of stuff with svt as well like you know kind of helping that communication ha- happening and, and easy deployment as well. So it will be really interesting to, to see that. And I think that, you know, we talk so much here about, you know, what a company should be considering as, as they're bringing in automation and looking at automation. I think that's, that's one important point too, is like, you know, if, if I bring in one so- a solution, can I tie it up with other solutions? Can they communicate with each other? Am I going to limit myself in other processes? So, so really great point there and, and points throughout this, this whole conversation is great to, to get your insights especially as you're so active out there in the, the automation world and the software world in our space so really appreciate you coming on the podcast Guy, and finally being able to, to make this happen have this conversation is long overdue I think and definitely happy to be here so thanks for coming on and, and if people are interested in learning more about Texas how can they do that yeah So uh, first, thanks so much, Kevin, for having me on. This has been, Mm -hmm. uh, as always, a lot of fun, and hopefully we'll do some more of these. Yeah. But yeah, to reach out, by all means, please look up our website. It's www.texas, that's T-E-C-S-Y-S.com. A lot of information there. And of course, uh, find me on LinkedIn, uh, just G-U-I-C-O-U-R-T-I-N, LinkedIn, or on Twitter. Uh, Unfortunately, my Twitter right now is a lot of complaints about the Boston Bruins, but we (laughs) talk about supply chain logistics on there as well. All right, great. And we'll definitely put all the information at thenewwarehouse.com as well so people can easily find it. So, Guy, thank you once again for uh, joining me on the podcast today. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.